climber. If you miss 90s country and you wish it would make a comeback, you may be getting your wish. How is 90s country affecting today's country music and what does it mean for you? Listen up to find out. Hi, Johnny. Do that thing. Welcome to the time! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business, the new music business. Leverage is what you're going to need. You're not going to be plucked from obscurity by a big corporate machine and turned into a household name. You're going to have to prove that you're, has value. And the good news is you don't need anybody else's permission to do it. You can do it yourself. So I'll be called to the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxteronym. It's genius. That's from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. He's had several number ones in the last few years on gospel, Southern gospel, which is good. Got new cuts out there now. You got a mm-hmm. lot of stuff in Australia as we speak, right? Your top. Yeah. Player. At the moment, at least if we're recording this, we've got a top 10 in Australia with uh, down highway one. So hopefully there it goes go. down highway number one. We're hoping. I love that. And yeah, down highway number one. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he is going to get you in front of the pros to create a relationship. That's the final link in the chain that you need to create success in your songwriting career. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? Dude, 90s country's coming back? That's that's the hubbub. I mean, it's been talked about for a while, but it seems to be more of a thing. So I, what I did is I got the latest issue of Music Row magazine, uh-huh. and it's a, the special issue. It's the Music Row Awards issue, which, by the uh-huh. way, had our friend Jen shot in it, I believe, as Breakthrough writer nominee which is cool is that their, that's their vulgar display of prowess section yes <laughs> there's an article in there and it caught my attention it's by lb cantrell and it's called bring back 90s country your wish may come true so i thought we'd dive into it today and, and discuss what it means for today's country songwriter and artist so that sort of thing thought it was interesting i'm pulling a johnny i found an article and i want to talk about it yeah I, well, I have so many questions about this already i'm, I'm excited about this yes Before we do that, let's take care of a little business here. Make sure you join the Climb community on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. And this is singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians. It's a thriving community. Everybody's in there celebrating their wins, celebrating their gigs, celebrating new music, new music videos, all kinds of stuff. There's a place to put everything. That's really two rules. Don't be an a-hole and put everything where it's supposed to go. Like shine where you're supposed to shine and make sure that the main feed in the group is something that's beneficial to the whole group. It's pretty easy. Yes. And on Wednesdays, we do Wednesday wins, right? And we got some good wins. And by the way, we got the, and maybe I'll read that, but we got the permission from Tracy to share his email too. I got it. Oh, awesome. 100% thumbs up on that. So go ahead. You do that. I'm going to find his. 
All right. So every Wednesday in the Climb community, our private Facebook group, we post the New Heights post. That's where we encourage you and invite you to share your music-related wins with us so we can celebrate with you. And it does turn into a party and mutual admiration and encouragement, all that good stuff. So, yeah, we mentioned a second ago the a top 10 that I have going on in Australia right now with an artist named Ben Gunn on a song called Down Highway 1. I bring it up again because... My co-writer, our, my and Ben's co-writer on that, is a songwriting pro member, is a climber named Andrew Cavanaugh, who's Australia. He's, he writes with Ben a lot, and Andrew was nice enough to bring me into that ride to so I, allow me to be part of that song. So Andrew is a climber who's also climbing. He's had other number ones with Ben, and so thank you for sharing the love, Andrew. But I want to give him a shout-out as a climber with the win. So he didn't have to himself. So that's, that's a win, for, another one for, for Andrew. Let's see, Sunday Joe Graham says, I had a Southern Gospel artist reach out to me yesterday who wants to cut a song I wrote. So exciting. So that's cool. And, uh, of course, I you know, messaged her. I was like, tell me who. And she told me, but it was, I'm not going to say it out here because she didn't say I could say it out here yet. But hopefully we'll be able to share that in the future. But congratulations, Sunday Joe. That's cool getting that kind of attention. Somebody saying, hey, I don't want to put your words in my mouth and sing them for people. Yeah. So very cool. So we have other stuff going on in there as well. So if you're not a member yet, you need to hop on over to the Climb community in Facebook. So that's just facebook.com slash groups slash the Climb community. And you can take part of all the good stuff there. There you go. And then I want to share this with you. So yes. longtime climber Tracy Lip, who is former record executive that lives and songwriter who lives in Finland. I think he's a former Warner Music executive. I want to say that's the label that he worked for. I know that's one of the labels he has the most connections with but he just sent me an email yesterday or two days ago said hey i got good news i asked warner chapel for an advance on the new lordy album because i think he had like eight songs on the new lordy album which is a metal band that's coming out in march they suggested more than i asked for so he's like yay my mortgage payments are paid through at least july (laughs) (laughs) next year or maybe that's a joke like he meant this july (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we're recording this in september yeah (laughs) but he said the new school year started last week here and he introduced the podcast to a new class of songwriters today song title challenge blew their minds he said keep up the great work so that's a win for us but that's awesome thank you for sharing that tracy that that definitely does our heart good and johnny shared that with me he's like listen to this so that's hey what you know what i love so those wins right so we got sunday with like a southern gospel mm-hmm. we got tracy with like metal yeah advance on metal thing and then andrew with an australian country song look at that that's fun why well, just do one thing we're multi-generational multi-genre-ational this is great <laughs> if that's so a, yes that's we don't word. pick a genre we have no idea what even our pronouns are all right <laughs> so hey listen make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast whatever platform you're on and most importantly tell a friend about it like you hear just hear tracy lip say hey i'm introducing this song title challenge thing to a whole bunch of songwriters mm-hmm. and they freaked on it because they, it just opens up a certain part of your brain. I think it helps. And that's the only reason you're paying attention to us. So tell a friend, help us help them and get out there. Right. That's what's most important. That's right. That's right. All right. So I'm literally about to go in and produce a record on Josh Roy, mm-hmm. an artist of mine on Tuesday, which will be the day after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to drop for like it should drop on October 4th. Yeah, so I'll be long. Probably have the mixes by then. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm going to try and create as National Good Buddy Day because 
growing up, you know, you hear like CB radio, 10-4, good buddy. Oh. Oh. So I'm trying to make 10-4, October 4th, good buddy day. There you go. So, hey, to all my good buddies out there, 10-4, good buddy. What up, CC McCall? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Randomness. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, he's like got a great voice and he loves 90s country. So this is very interesting to me what you're about to get into. Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of read through some of this article, and we'll talk about it and try not to take all day doing it. But so I'll just go ahead. So again, this is by L.B. Cantrell at uh, Music Row Magazine. I, I definitely want to give good attribution there because thanks for writing this. So any fan of country music knows the 90s, right? So the booming commercial country music, you got Garth, Shania. So it's no big deal that that's basically influenced a lot of today's artists. So the last decade, the appreciation of 90s country has been pretty evident. Last fall, Spotify published data that shows just how popular the music has become on the platform. So, Johnny, this is this is right up your alley talking about streaming numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, according to unique user data from Spotify published in September 2021, so a year back, U.S. streams of their 90s country playlist grew 150% since 2018 hmm. and grew 70% among Gen Z users in that time. There are also 89 million playlists from Gen Z users containing 90s country tracks. Even more interesting, as many fans between the ages of 19 through 24 listen to Spotify's... Oh, sorry. More interesting, as many fans between 19 and 24 years old listen to Spotify's 90 country playlist as those fans over 45. So just as many people over 45 as there are 19 to 24 listen to the 90s country's playlist. Wow. I'm not going to tell you which camp I land in, but... I'm on one side of that fence. <laughs> All right. So according to Spotify albums from the Dixie Chicks, Wide Open Spaces and Fly, and Shania Twain, Come On Over and The Woman and Me, Alan Jackson, Who I Am, and A Lot About Living and A Little About Love, Tim McGraw, Everywhere, George Strait, Straight Out of the Box, Pure Country, and Blue Clear Sky are among the top 10 most popular country albums for Gen Z listeners. The Grand Ole Opry's celebrating the iconic decade with the 90s experience. So you got that going on. So they interviewed Chris Lacey who is co-president of Warner Music Nashville, mm-hmm. who says it's a cycle of music. It's a music that millennials and Gen-, Gen Zs heard their parents listening to. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I lean into things that my folks listened to when I was a kid, so I think that's a piece of it. So part of that generational mm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. What did you listen to growing up, your parents had on, and so you have the kind of affinity for some of that stuff coming back. I thought this was really interesting. This says TikTok has been a big part of 90s country resurgence. Older songs like Brooks and Dunn's Neon Moon, Reba McIntyre's I'm a Survivor, Randy Travis Forever and Ever Amen, and George Strait's Carrying Your Love With Me have gone viral on the app, pointing users to find more gems from the iconic catalogs of 90s country music. I did not know this. I haven't been on TikTok in a while because when I do, I'm on there for a while. So I kind of try to stay away from it. He can't resist the candy like temptation. It's like the more TikTok I watch, the more TikTok I watch, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. I, I need to look that up and see Hold how people are using okay. that. Can I can I interrupt for a second? Like, yeah, man. My head is like spinning right now <laughs> in a really really great way. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. I want I want everybody to think about this. I mean, we're dealing with this. this is how we deal with life, right? It's like mm-hmm. your brain is like a computer, garbage in, garbage out. Okay. Yeah. Or good stuff in, good stuff out. Okay. Yeah. Throughout the history of the music business, we always say nobody listened to radio to discover new artists, but at the same time, we discovered all the new artists on radio, yeah. either directly mm-hmm. or indirectly. And that was the pipeline, right? That was the feed. That was the source. Mm-hmm. 
and we weren't in charge of that, right? The labels and the radio station owners are going to be in charge of what they're playing. So we're listening to what they want us to listen to. Yeah. Okay. And there's certain genres that happen. I mean, look like this is, this hits me close to home with the whole eighties thing, right? Like all mm -hmm. of a sudden they just decided hmm. that it's over. Oh yeah. And it's going to move up to Seattle. Right. The hairband days were just, they pulled the rug out, then plugged the mic and plugged it yeah. into Seattle. Yeah. And now the reason they had to do that was because there's only 12 songs an hour that they're playing. There's only 2016 spins a week that they're playing. Mm -hmm. And there's only about 35 or 40 songs in a week that they're going to play. And so they got to choose one or the other. And so they kind of make a scene happen. Yeah, it's that bottleneck fake. Yeah. And to the point of this article, this is what I'm thinking. Follow me on this. So 90s country. I mean, I remember the story we talked about when you and I first met. And I'm like, what the hell you got written on your thermos? And you're like, oh, I just got huh. told like I'm a great songwriter and I would be a huge number one songwriter in the 90s. The 90s, right. And that's not what's happening right now on radio because the powers that be decided, well, this is how this is going to go. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But now we have a decentralized system. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we have all these songs are being spun by young people and they're making a comeback, which would mean too that, and this is the part of the reason why I'm interested, not only just for the, the like the songwriting, right? 90s mm -hmm. country can be signified by a couple different things that sort of demarcate the mark. Yeah. What it was. I mean, lyrically, you're telling that story. It's the three part three play. act plays and that kind of right, stuff. Three yeah. act play. And then also sonically speaking, there's a lot of freaking reverb on the vocal mm -hmm. and there's some definite sonic identifiers of 90s country, but we wouldn't know that. We, we, this wouldn't be making a comeback if it wasn't available on streaming because that's not what they're spinning on the radio. Yes. Yeah. They're this not, it's point. not coming from classic country stations that are spinning 90 stuff. It's yeah. So in my mind, like this is one of the things that I've always been telling myself is just look, if it's good and it's compelling, mm -hmm. then you can do what you want to do. You just have to get it in front of enough eyeballs yeah. to hear it. And it's a very tough nut to crack on an artist, on a management team, on a label, because they're going to be trying to create something and go about their project in a certain way that will be accepted by radio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's just so, that's just, number one, it's freedom, right? Yep. Like, I mean, we've got a 90s country, uh, this guy, like if I let him do a 90s country record, he'll do it. Yeah. And he would rock it and he would prefer those kind of songs. But we're trying to, we're, we're trying to do like a John Party thing almost with them, mm -hmm. like, on this production where it's like He's a little bit new, a little bit you old. You listen to like some of the big John party records. There's lap, there's pedal steel and fiddle on it, yeah. but it still sounds modern. Right. Yeah. There's a way to crack that nut. And that's, that's one thing they talk about this in this article. It's like, how do you, well, it's, so I'll, I'll get back to the article. It says with the appreciation and popularity of nineties country growing, it's no wonder the songwriters, artists and industry members have taken notice over the past few years. Several artists have started covering 90s songs in their live shows. Uh, they reference the decade as a key influence in their music, and they've included stylish 90s country merch as part of their live show wardrobe. Some have released singles referencing the decade, such as Walker Hayes' 90s country, Lauren Elaine with Ladies in the 90s. But so far, it says, none have done it quite like Warner Music Nashville recording artist Cole Swindell. His new hit single, She Had Me at Heads Carolina, has catapulted since its release in May. 
the tune samples Jody Messina's iconic 1996 hit Heads Carolina Tales California, with the original songwriters Tim Nichols and Mark D. Sanders credited as writers, along with Swindell, Ashley Gorley, Thomas Rhett, and Jesse Frazier. Have you heard that song yet? I have heard the song. And so it's, yeah. a, it's got the same friggin' chorus in it. Exactly. Yeah. But the new verses and different melody on the verses and that sort of thing, uh, which is interesting, right? I did this. Gosh, I'm trying to think about what publishing deal was I was in. I probably did this 10 years ago with Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. Oh, really? I wrote with Danny Flowers and Lisa Schaefer and two like really country female artists. And basically, we wrote new verses. It was like, as a young girl, I used to dream about this kind of cowboy guy. But these days, all I keep finding are boys that keep whining about getting dirt on their soft hands. And then it goes into the chorus, and it's the same like melody chorus, mm-hmm. but it's like, daddies, please let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Ah, Let them pick guitars and drive them old trucks. Don't let mama run them. Make them sissies and such. That sort of thing. And so it's like, okay, so we added Ed and Patsy Bruce on there as writers. Now, we didn't talk to them about it first. We're like, can we do this? I'm like, I don't know. I think it's freaking cool, and I want Miranda Lambert and Lainey Wilson to do a vocal event on this thing. Yeah. Well, at the time it was just Miranda because Lainey wasn't out yet, but we're like, I don't know. Hey, if it gets a big cut and it's a big vocal event, I'm pretty sure Ed and Patsy will be like, okay. Or people, yeah. will their business going new money. Sure Tim Nichols ain't crying about Tim ain't crying. Yeah. He, he ain't upset about the Cole Swindell hit. <laughs> like, Oh, you want to honor my song and pay me? Duh. Which is only going to increase streams for the original, by the way. Uh-huh. How many people listen to that? They go, okay, I got to go listen to Hits Carolina. But it's so cool how they do that one. So the track has exploded for Swindell, reaching the top 20 in Billboard Country Airplay chart in just six weeks. At his performance of the new song at Nissan Stadium at CMA Fest, nearly everyone in the entire stadium jumped to their feet and sang along after it had only been out a few short weeks. So She Had Me at Hits Carolina appears on his recently released Stereotype album, and his power was clear from the start. So I think they're talking to Carrie Edwards here says Cole put a couple of new songs in the set during a live shows, but artists don't typically put a lot of new ones in because the crowd hasn't had time to get familiar with them. Right. They want to hear their jam, not new jams Mm -hmm. because, but I'm not joking. People will sing it. If like they've heard a thousand times when he plays that song, it just kept because they they have heard it a thousand times because it's the same freaking hook because there's yeah, exactly. It just kept doing that at live shows over and over again to the point where me, Chris and Cole, we're like, I don't think we have a choice on making the single three from Stereotype. Like, everyone's screaming that they want it next. As it does in any genre, once a trend is set with a hit song, we're likely to see more to follow. So I've already started seeing other songs that pitch to me for other artists, Chris Lacey says, that are interpolations and some kind of version of this. Does it have to be special for people to do them? No. Does it have to be special for people to care? Yes. <laughs> That's where She Had Me at Heads Carolina is such a beautiful blend because... Cole truly listened to Joe D. It's like she's one of his heroes. He has a genuine affinity for the artist that was his hero, that was a trailblazer. So that's why it's so special. That's why it resonated with him. Mm. So I just think that's super cool. And it says songwriters in Nashville are already at hard work crafting 90s inspired tunes and obviously having a ball doing it. So the Opry did this Opry Loves 90s Writers Camp. So you had a mix of 90s artists and hit songwriters paired to write with some of today's artists and writers. The goal of the camp was to write modern country songs that are reminiscent of the 90s. Uh, From day one of the camp, Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame member Red Akins, who had hits as an artist in the 90s, he wrote That Ain't My Truck, which is just a country Mm. classic, right? 
Uh, he spoke about you wrote what, that with Jimmy Yearling. Jimmy Yearling. No, no, that was that was I drive. Oh, no, that truck. ain't my truck. And that ain't my God. truck. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, was nineties. Red Akins was the artist truck. in her drive. Yeah, in man, this ain't drive. my day tonight. This ain't my day tonight. <laughs> yeah. So Aiken says it's story songs, clever hooks, and four minute songs. We weren't scared to go over the limit. Great songs like "Don't Take the Girl." If it needed that extra verse to tell the story, then the songwriters weren't scared to do it. Hit songwriter Jesse Alexander highlighted that women in country music could benefit from the 90s resurgence. She said with songwriting for girls in the 90s, the things they got to say and the stories they got to tell were limitless. There weren't many gender specific songs. You could be an outlaw and be a female. Reba could sing through a man's perspective. The songwriting was so open, which is encouraging to me. Like, I mean, man, the female artists in the 90s, like the songs, so many of them were so good. Mm. Hits Carolina, mm-hmm. but also so many songs like, you know, How Can I Help You Say Goodbye? I mean, Independence Day, there were just like so many great female artists and great female songs. I'm like, yes, we got some good ones now, mm-hmm. but I'm like, more please. So I'm excited about that. Well, they still got to get on the radio, right? Yeah, they still got to get on the radio. and, and there's Or decide not to and do digital. Hello, give me a call. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just love it if it opens up some more. But anyway, it closes up the article. As more and more artists lean into their 90s influence, we'll undoubtedly see more story songs, more interpolations, more fun in upcoming country releases. For an industry that boomed in the 90s, they're hoping that it booms again. So that was it. That was decided to shift away from bro country and into like some quality stories. I like that. I hope so, yeah, because quality storytelling. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Maybe you can tell stories again. I mean, my whole thing is like, it, man, it's trend because somebody with their hands on the levers gets to decide what the masses are going to hear. Mm-hmm. And that's what becomes a trend. Yeah. So I love this story. I love this episode right now because because it's just saying, hey, here's some really great stuff. And now we've got people that are kind of revising it. Mm-hmm. And so the new trend might be coming around. But my point is, man, if it's good... For the most part, I'm generalizing, but it used to be like radio is the only way you're going to get an audience. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Number one, stop thinking that radio is the only way to do it. You can do this on digital mm-hmm. and you can do whatever you want on digital, but you have to be, you can't base your digital thing around if it goes viral it's a win if it doesn't right yeah it's Hope not. Is a terrible if strategy. you grind on digital the way you grind on radio and the song is good i don't think the genre i think artists who normally would be marginalized like mm-hmm. let's say like americana artists or mm-hmm. even like certain genres that there's not enough radio stations playing those kinds of genres to get them in front of enough eyeballs mm-hmm. to have but they have that kind of music right doesn't matter now like we right. can just reach a larger audience oh my god this just made my day. Yeah, made mine too. And so I look at this going, okay, what does this mean for me, all right, as a songwriter? What does this mean to you, Climber, as a songwriter? What does that mean for us? Okay, that's kind of, okay, they're telling us this, that there's 90s influence, like, been go- percolating for a while, but now it's starting to seem like it's bubbling over. i like, what does that mean for us? Well, for me, the article prompted me to... Well, there's a couple things. One, it moves in cycles, so pay attention to that. And don't just write dated songs. Remember what they said about the 90s writers camp? It said modern songs that are reminiscent of the 90s. It didn't mean just we can count on dusting off old 90s demos and pitching them and getting them cut. Although I hope that happens for some songs that are worthy of it. Yeah. But just for whatever reason, never saw the light of day. Maybe they maybe they just were great 90s country, but it just hit the tail end and all of a sudden it's no longer in fashion, right? So I hope that happens, but and it it prompted me to actually reach out to Major Bob, my first publisher in Nashville. They have new creative staff, so I just wanted to remind him of some of my old catalog on there. Some of that stuff that I'd have been one of the biggest writers in town in the 90s thing. Uh-huh. And go, hey, yo. So the subject line is like, hey, former Major Bob staff writer, 90s style pitches. I'm like, And I went through my song space and I pulled out just like seven songs, just I want to overload them that I think are have some of that 90s kind of thing, storytelling, especially lyrical content. Yeah. That, okay, if this is relevant, here you go. And you're like, hey, Major Bob, have you guys, did you, first of all, did you read this article? Have you heard of Cole <laughs> yeah. Swindell? Have you heard this yeah, song? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're Here's aware of it. seven songs you can pitch right now that everybody's hot to trot. Exactly. And, yeah. and what's kind of cool, it, gives, it gave me a hook to hopefully inspire some listens from that staff that may not know who I am. Mm-hmm. Because they're, you know, they weren't there when I was there. It's, I don't know how long they've been there, but so hopefully I'll show up as a solution, right? Instead of just like, hey, I got old songs there. Mm-hmm. Will you please listen? No, now it's like, here's a solution. You, you want some '90s style stuff? Well, here's some songs you may want to listen to. I've had cuts, yeah. so it's like <laughs> maybe these can be some more. And now when they go into a pitch, and here's what's going to happen: they're going to go into it because this is just human nature. So this isn't like a slag against anybody, but but like they're going to go into a pitch. Pitching what they think is on radio right now, thinking that's what the artist wants, but the label, the A&R people, the managers to be like, okay, look, we really want to decidedly kind of move into like a 90s thing here. Mm-hmm. What do you got that's like that? And then they're going to remember you because you reached out. I'm trying to show up as a solution, not as a problem, right? Yeah. And so there's, I think it's important. So there's that, but also like writing stuff going forward. It's like I feel more freedom to let my superpower shine a little bit. I think if you're a more seasoned writer and that 90s stuff is your wheelhouse, whether you're just super influenced by that and you're younger, but that's like your jam or you're in your 40s or 50s or whatever, and that's your jam. And hey, don't be scared of that if that's like your wheelhouse. Use that as like bait to hook a more current writer so you can hopefully end up with the best of both worlds. That's what this Opry thing was about. Modern songs that are reminiscent of the 90s, right? This is kind of like branding. Instead of being a dated writer, 
Now you specialize in 90s country vibe that people are loving these days. Yeah. You can bring that authentic flavor to it. There you go. Right? <laughs> it's not a bug. It's a feature. <laughs> I'm not dated. I bring this kind of specific thing. I can do this. This is like a superpower. Whether Yesterday was dated. Today it's a feature. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And so maybe you can use that where before you kind of shy away from that. I mean, you'd have been one of the biggest writers in town in the 90s, uh-huh. but it's 2012. Oh, ouch. That hurt me. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, well, let's do something about uh, that. Awesome. <laughs> the 90s are back. I never left. So I'm going to play off that some and go, okay, you, you want that kind of lyrical content, which I think is a lot of it, or at least what I bring to it. Yeah. I can do that all day long. I love that stuff. So let's just get with people. It was interesting. You see like Jesse Frazier and some of those people who are definitely modern. He's like more pop track, that kind of stuff on the Coast Wendell thing. And interestingly enough, I just saw, I was, you know, listened through some like hot country playlist or new country playlist. I saw Chris Lane and Oh, somebody else duet called uh, Dancing in the Moonlight. Oh yeah. Remember that song? Yeah. I'm going to say it's like a seventies song dancing in the Moonlight. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, Jesse Frazier is one of the writers on it, did another interpolation of it where it's like new verses. I'm like, this kind of sounds familiar, but I'm like, I these thought lyrics- I heard that before too, dude. I didn't know that was an earlier song. I'm like, wait a second, that, those lyrics are not like those old pop lyrics. I thought it came from, like, for, for a hot second, I thought it came from one of our song title challenges or one of our video content challenges. Oh, it, yeah. Didn't you co-write a Moonlight song or something? I thought it was one of oh, yours. I had Missing the Moon. Missing the Moon. But I wrote okay, with Aaron I, Goodwin and Brooklyn Blackmore. Because it, it felt Canada. familiar. And then I went to that. I'm just like, oh, is, this a, is this a Brent song? Like, I wish. And I meant to text you about it. But no, but but it was familiar. It was just from an older. Okay. That, yeah. So it was from an older like, song. It was a loop. But sure enough, Jesse Frazier, he, I was like, oh, you did it on that Cole Swindell thing. He's doing it on this thing. Uh, let's see. W- Dance in the Moonlight. I'm just looking at it. So they got the old song from, looks like King Harvest. What year was that? I'm looking it up real quick. 1973. Huh. And so that's an old one, obviously not a 90s country, but they took that. They're doing like kind of new verses, but you got that chorus that is just a classic. So like country's doing that more. It's kind of like sampling, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, which hip hop's been doing forever. There was the the Sam Hunt song, Hard to Forget, which sampled that There Stands the Glass, which is like a 1950s or 60s country song. It samples that, mm. but then writes mm-hmm. a new song around it. But Luke Laird and, and Sam, you know, they played with that and put that in there as a, as a loop sample kind of thing. Yeah. And so using some of this older stuff, Blake Shelton, his new song, Nobody, I mean, he brought the mullet back. And they're leaning hard on that 90s vibe. Like, they're playing it up. Like, he, I brought the mullet back for the video. And and oh it's definitely God. a 90s-style song. You, you feel a lot of that, that vibe. And so this thing is like, okay, well, hey, 90s are hot right now. So if you got them, dust them off. If you can write that stuff, don't, don't shy away from it. Add that into the mix. Now, is it always, are the 90s going to be back forever? No, of course not. As great as they were, they didn't last forever the first time. Yeah. But I feel like, okay, the lesson in this is write a broad range of things that you love, right? Write some stuff that has some of that 90s influence, 2000 influence, 80s influence. I mean, I heard a, I want to say a Luke Combs song as I was just hanging out with the kids the other day and had just some music playing that 
definitely feels like it has some like eight, which he's a lot of nineties stuff anyway, mm-hmm. but it felt like some of the instrumentation felt kind of eighties on some of the guitar sounds and stuff. It's like, I feel like you could do incorporate this throwback kind of stuff mm-hmm. into modern stuff. Like how do you make it modern? So it, it doesn't feel like you just dusted off an old song. That's the trick, right? Yeah. And this is what we're talking. I mean, this is exactly the conversations I'm having with Zach, like my engineer for this. And mm-hmm. I should say engineering and co-producer. He's co-producing this record with me. And I mean, this is what we're saying. Like, dude, I want it to be reminiscent of the 90s. And this isn't like, this is news to me. Like this article mm-hmm. you just read, like makes me so excited <laughs> because we're kind of going down this road, but it was very organic in the sense that, okay, uh, this is what our artist loves. Mm-hmm. We can't just go to a 90s country record. Right. Right. Or there's a certain thing we're going to choke off in that. Or could we? Yeah. But I think it would just be just in the interest of being original. What are some artists that have successfully incorporated some 90s like color instruments, Mm -hmm. like pedal steel, like fiddle uh, into new releases and have had success? And the songs are newer. The songs are definitely. Right. I would check out the coal. Swindell thing. So Heads Carolina. Mm-hmm. I would check out the Blake Nobody because he's leaning hard in the 90s stuff. I would even check out Dancing in the Moonlight because it's a 70s song. But Jesse Frazier, like how did they produce to give it where it has some new sheen to it, which I don't quite have the ears for that sort of thing. But Zach and you definitely will. So I check into some of that. So I mean, Dirk's Bentley recently over the last, it's been a few years now, but he had the Hot Country Nights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, his side band. Mm-hmm. Do you know about them, Johnny? No. So he did a... Wait, what was the song from Blade Shelton? I'm writing this down. Nobody. Two words. Nobody. And then what was the... Uh, hot, uh, Dancing, Dancing in the Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. Who did that? Chris Lane. I think Lauren Elena might be the other one. Yeah, that's right. It's a duet, but Chris Lane, if you look for Chris Lane, you'll, you'll find it. So yeah, how do you... And I've had discussions like that with Brian White before, who's a hit songwriter. You know, he was talking about they were in the studio working on some... It's kind of like a, kind of a retro thing but he was talking about how they were trying to figure out how to make it where it didn't sound dated but retro but still updated mm-hmm. i mean how is how did the weekend do that with blinding lights it's definitely hard 80s influence with all that synth stuff and i heard i think there was a song exploder podcast episode about that where they they go into how is it 80s without being dated and they talk about some of like some of the bass patterns and stuff which were more more modern and so it wasn't just an 80s song but they added some different like bass elements that sounded more current and different stuff so it didn't mm-hmm. sound just like an old song so it it takes some thought and some if you have the producer chops to kind of blend those things so people know it's not just an old song but yet it, it hopefully speaks to both parties right yeah people that want something new and the people that are thirsty for something 90s yep because so many people, you know, don't, it happens, I guess, with every, I guess country music used to skew a lot older and then it started skewing really young. And now people are going out of it and they listen to Red Dirt or they just don't like country anymore because they're like in their 40s and they're like, I can't stand that stuff, that bro country, whatever. Well, this is a way to help bring them back in. But he's like, oh, that's pretty, oh, that's, that's home base, right? Yeah. That 90s stuff. And I think the other lesson is, man, like, I mean, look, like, like just fundamentally speaking, we're having this resurgence, but we're having this resurgence because you have a number of these different artists who are able to reach a large audience mm-hmm. with this sort of new spin, this new old spin yeah. on stuff. And But they reached a large audience. Yeah. You can reach a large audience, too, doing what you want to do. And 
bring, I mean, I think of uh, what's her face, the who's the singer that passed away, the killer pop singer that did the oh, Olivia Newton John, no, not recently. Oh, oh, she did like the retro stuff. Yeah, she did uh, Rehab, that song. Mm-hmm. me to go to rehab. Yeah. I said, no, no, no. Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Yeah. But all those, they took... So we, we talked about this with the Josh Roy record. Like, I went down this road. Mm-hmm. Like So here's part of the sort of producing thing. Like, this has been happening for months, right? We're thinking about this. I'm like, I love how they sampled, like, 50s records drum sounds mm-hmm. for that album. Yeah. And then, but they had pop songs, mm-hmm. so it was like new, but it had like this throwback kind of sound. Yeah, Megan Trainer. Yeah, yeah, all about that bass. Same current lyric. Yeah, but but an old sound. So you know, we talked about that, and then it was like, well, but the thing is with country, is the drum sound isn't like paramount. Yeah, you know what I mean. So okay, so we have to find a different way to kind of do that. And again, in the pursuit of trying to do something different, something else I'll tell you that we're doing right now. So I'm gonna say this right now. Because when it drops, we'll have already recorded it. And this is either going to be, I'm either going to be a genius for this, <laughs> or it's going to be a mess and we're just going to record it the other way. But there's one song, one of the things I've been trying to hit on, and I think I talked to you about this, Brent, when I had you send some stuff in, was I realized that I can't think, and this doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And if it does exist and you hear this podcast, comment on it, let me know. But in just about every genre, of music, there are huge, huge, huge songs that are built around the Bo Diddley beat, the Bo Diddley rhythm. Right. Hey, Bo Diddley, I want candy. Okay. Yeah. Like, bow, wow, wow. Right. Like, faith. Love is love and not fade away. Yeah. Not fade away. George Michael, right? Because I got to have faith. Desire from you, too. Right, get this, dig this. ABBA, Dancing Queen. It's a right hand thing on the guitar, man, but it's got that Bo Diddley feel to it, right? So these are super huge pop song, right? Mr. Brownstone from Guns N' Roses. It's got that Bo Diddley thing. No, where's where's that in country? Yeah, I don't know. So I'm telling Zach, I'm like Zach, like I really want to, I really want to freaking do this, man. Yeah, I want to. You think we can get away with this? because it's just such a fun feel it's just yeah. such a pop sort of cool groove and because it's been i mean the talking heads have one like that mm-hmm. the pretenders have a song with that groove pop it's rock it's metal it's it's just cl- it's just good it's just it's universal just, but yeah. nobody's done it yet in country as far as i know huh. and so i'm like this would be really interesting to take a song so we get a song with a demo not have that groove on it it's one of blue songs right yeah it's the one outside cut we have on it that's really gonna work it's called break my own heart and it's actually like man i think we i think we can do that with this song and i'm like yeah i think we can too so now we sort of like we've gotten to the point where we're not so scared and we're like okay we're just gonna go with the band and say this is what we want to try to do and we're breaking it down to like there's a couple ways to do it like some of those songs i mentioned the drum thing is really the driver, right? It's a big Tom thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what's driving the song. But if you look at like Faith or like Dancing Queen, mm-hmm. it's more of a right hand thing. Mm-hmm. And the drums aren't necessarily as pronounced in that rhythmic thing. The drums are a little straighter, yeah. a little more straightforward. But the, the right hand's like, or 
it's a combo platter. Yeah. Like in the case of Mr. Brownstone, we've been dancing with Mr. Brownstone. So they got the right hand going and the drums like together kind of going in another. Yeah. So it can be, and then you've got, who do you love? George Thorogood. That's, that's one that's just hardcore with the drums. Yeah. Driving it. And dude, so it'll be, I think it'll be like a fun thing. I got, I have, I got my head around it enough. Yeah. And I can do enough sort of leadership in the studio and be like, hey, this could go with drums. This could go just with the right hand and then a guitar. But let's try to do this. And those guys will freaking like nail it. Yeah. And then it's either going to work or it's not going to work. <laughs> but we got the time, like, because we got like enough time for the master tracks to do it. So and we'll see what happens. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So that's thoughts on the 90s. So if you remember, you're not dated. Now you're specialist. Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anything final thoughts before yes. we wrap it up here? Yeah, I just want to say if you're a climber, but it ain't a bug, it's a feature. But if you're a climber and you're not yet a member of Songwriting Pro, I want to encourage you to hop on over to songwritingpro.com, listen to some of our wins that our members have been earning as we help them write like a pro, do business like a pro, and connect to the pros. We have people that are like, hey, I met this publisher through your event, blah, 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 single song. They played it for the artist, then I heard it on the radio. That kind of stuff is happening, which is super exciting. And so uh, we share some of those some of those wins on some videos over at songwritingpro.com. So if you want to be encouraged that stuff like that is happening for writers like you, go watch those. We also have a free gift for you just for stopping by. That's songwritingpro.com. Just get on over there so we can help you take your next step into the music business. And that's what I got. Perfect. I love it. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Join the Climb community. Follow the podcast. Tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.